I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally. I'm Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts, and you're listening to the Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching the next generation in our world today for Christ. Mm -hmm. And Micah, are you ready to have some fun? I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes. And we're in for a treat today. Uh, We're joined by our friend, Stephen McWhorter. How are you? Wow. This is so great. (laughs) He's already having fun. I had to to open with wow because the thing about Josiah, we went to Israel together. And the number one thing that he says, it's like a conjunction is wow. He like, he, he sticks sentences together with wow. And I love it. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to our marriage. Wow. Oh, it's wonderful. Babe, I love you. Wow. Life's good, isn't it? Wow. wow. Can you believe it? We get to do this. Wow. But he means it when he says wow. That's oh, I bad. know it. I know he does. When I started dating him, I was like, I wonder how many times he says wow. It's like when you listen to a speech, you're like, how many ums and ahs? That's what we were always tallied up against, like strikes against you. But wow is definitely good. It's a compliment, Josiah. Hey, Just so I, you know I'm, that. I'm aware of it now because <laughs> Steven and others have pointed it out. But if I, if I say wow, people are like, oh, he's forcing it. It's not real. <laughs> well, our uh, 10-month-old is starting to grow a vocabulary. And she... It was I her think third her, word. Yeah, I think it was mom, dad, wow. We're at a a museum, literally in North Dakota. Wow, 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 wow. I'm like 10 months old. Mama, dad, wow. I'm like, that's beautiful. God created her, her, but she's ours, I guess, right? Wow, so sweet. Awesome. (laughs) Well, we're already having fun and stay tuned for some more. We're talking with Stephen McWhorter, a friend of ours, but also a songwriter and recording artist with Integrity Music. He is a touring worship leader, producer, speaker, and author. Thousands, literally thousands of people have Mm -hmm. come to Christ through God's calling on his life and his powerful testimony of God transforming him from a meth addict to worship leader. Love it. And, um, I tell you what, we're in for a faith me up, but we're in for some fun and following Jesus should be fun. But Stephen, we'll just kick it to you, man. And if you want to share and elaborate on that, like what was it like going from meth addict to worship leader? That's about over here and over there. And um, talk about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I always say, you know, I went to Bible college and I'm like, Lord, can I talk about something else? He's like, no, this is it. And uh, <laughs> just keep telling your story. And um, I always tell people, it's funny, the word testimony in Hebrew literally means do it again story. Hmm. So it's like when you get really comfortable with telling your story, um, it, it's, a, it's a simple thing. You just say, this is what God did. And it's almost like he's saying to the person listening, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again with you. And it's this really cool exchange here on earth where we just learn. And I know not everybody's story is, um, you know, I was a meth addict and radical guy. It's funny, like some people are almost like, I wish I had a story like that. It's like, wait, you wish you'd have been a meth addict? (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had a story that was like, oh, I've just always been saved. It's wonderful. Um, But uh, yeah, so no, I I remember I was an evangelist son and the guy I saw on Sunday morning, the, the guy that I saw in private, we're not the same. I literally watched my father physically abuse my mom and then get up and preach about Jesus. And I said, you know, if God's real, he's not good. 
And so even at a young age, I was extremely rebellious and didn't want anything to do with Jesus. Uh, 13, I was smoking, drinking, marijuana, all that. By the time I'm 15, it's cocaine, pills. I'm selling drugs. By the time I'm 17, I'm a full-out crystal meth addict. I'm using crystal meth every day for almost six years. And during this time, I'm the guy that hates Christianity, like would cuss you out or knock you out if you mentioned that name around me, the name of Jesus. And, uh, you know, I always say the most miraculous part of the story probably is when somebody came and they offered me this book, um, you know, The Case of Christ by Lee Strobel, which is cool because Josiah and I were just at the uh, Digital Billy Graham Summit and, uh, you know, Lee was there. We actually got to meet finally and it was a really cool experience uh, getting to meet him. And a lot of people would be like, oh, who? Some people, you know, be like, because Daryl Strawberry is there. I know somebody was like, oh, everybody knows Daryl Strawberry. But for me, Lee Strobel is like this guy who the Lord really used him in my life. But somebody offered me this book. And the most miraculous part of the story is the fact that I accepted it without like clawing their eyes out. Right. And uh, fast forward, it's three o'clock in the morning. I literally have drugs on the side table next to me. I'm reading this book about Jesus. Nobody's playing softly and quietly in the corner. You know, it's just it's like the most improbable place for someone to get saved and i always say it's the kindness of a very very real god Mm. to meet a wounded pastor's kid at a place where nobody can get the glory but him right right and we begin to have this internal dialogue where you know i didn't audibly hear the voice of god but you know that i know he's in the room kind of thing and uh he was it was like hey i'm i'm real i'm good what are you gonna do about it you know and uh I just remember being like, okay, God, I want to give you my life. I want to quit all this addiction, all this darkness, all this depression, all this stuff I've known for so long. I mean, 11 years of my life doing this. And um, I couldn't remember what it was like to be a little kid and be happy without needing something to make me feel happy. You know, right. so it was like, I, I, don't, I can't do this, God. And, um, and a thought more powerful than words, the Holy Spirit just breathed into me something that changed me for the rest of my life. It was, it was this, Stephen, you won't do it. I'll do it. And uh, it's the, you know, Ephesians, Galatians, the, you know, you're saved by grace. This is not something you can boast about. It's really the simplicity of the gospel, right? Jesus does it. Yeah. He does it. It's the believing part that falls on us. Like the only work the Father asks of you in First John is belief believe and i remember believing in that room like i believe i'm breathing air <sighs> right and i just fell to my knees gave my life to jesus literally quit everything overnight and uh that some people having traveled the country um speaking to addiction recovery things all across the country i mean we were just at a thing last week and there was 300 addiction recovery people in this little room and 50 of them got saved. We had 17 spontaneous baptisms. It was Amen. crazy, man. And, but speaking of these things, I always say this, you know, I know mine was overnight and some people might hear that and say, Oh, that's not, that's not how it works. Well, in the gospels, Jesus never healed anyone the same way twice because every story has a purpose yeah. and your story has a purpose and God's going to use it just like he used mine. Um, but yeah, that was that was it. I mean, that was the beginning of a very interesting and beautiful journey. I think like a year later, I got hired as a worship leader uh, for a very hard up United Methodist Church. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. Meth addict doesn't look good on a job resume, apparently, but uh, it's all good. God takes 
what we think will mark our lives with shame yep. and uses it to mark our lives with glory. The very thing we think, if anyone ever knew this, they would never talk to me again. That's the thing God uses the best. That's so good. Stephen, thank you so much for going there. And even for the listener, if you can't necessarily relate to his story, we all have something. Like there's always, I look at like from the, the Saul to Paul moments, right? That he was radically changed and radically transformed and living a mm-hmm. completely different life. And those things, he didn't look back on them. He It made him relatable. It made him aware. There was so much learning in the process, right? And yeah. we know that God uses those, you know, those ashes and makes it beautiful. You know, like he can turn and change and do so many different things. Um, sometimes, really, right? yeah, sometimes a very complacent and successful by the world standards, a life that is seen as successful is far more dangerous <laughs> than somebody that's a meth addict that hits rock bottom. Because mm-hmm. you can go your whole life with this emptiness. Exactly. That's hard to that's hard to quantify, but you know something's wrong. Yeah. And sure. that can be harder to pull yourself out of because you're not at rock bottom. You may think to yourself, I'm a good person. I should be fine. Um, those are the testimonies that blow me away. <laughs> like everything was good by the world standards, but I knew I needed Jesus. I gave my life to Christ. Those are the stories that made me go, what? That's amazing. You know? <laughs> and I think we all have our own rock bottom, right? And we need to hear from yeah. God, but know that even if we're in a deep pit, even if we feel like we're at the bottom of the well, his hand is always reaching down, right? And it's whether or not we're going to trust and believe that when we reach up, he will pull us out. And um, I know that God just used amazing people throughout the word of, throughout the word, we can look at even the story of David, like music was used to touch the heart of the king, right? And to take him out of that state of craziness and, you know, mentally escape for those times. And I would just be curious, Stephen, like you're a meth addict wrestling with all those different things, 11 years, 365 days after you say yes to Christ, you're on staff. Was music always a part of your story or where did like music and worship really enter your life and connect your heart with Christ? And why did you want to take other people there with you? I won't, I won't forget the question, but I'm going to say this. Um, your wife is smarter than you, Josiah. <laughs> Steven, I'm married up. Your wife's amazing. Tara's amazing too. Like She's gosh. really cool. Good job. Um, Thank you. Praise God. Wife dues at the end of this episode. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I go, going back, I'll just say this real quick. It, everybody's thing, you know, music is something I've like always known. I mean, even when I was a kid, I remember singing into a hairbrush, which is ironic because I'm bald now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no funny, God, hilarious. Um, I remember, though, you know, I think we all have something if we look back, even when we were kids, this is a glimpse of it, you know? Yeah. of the thing that God's put in us, mm-hmm. this longing for something. Um, not to sound cliche, but we all have a kingdom destiny. We really mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And figuring out what that is, is this combination of asking God, like, who, is, who am I? Who's the me that you spoke before the foundation of the earth? Right. Like, what's the thing you breathed into me that, that I get a glimpse of and I try to fulfill it through in a broken world. Like for me, I've always wanted music, but when I was in the teens, it was like, I want to be a rock star and I want to, I was in metal bands and we were touring and all this kind of stuff, but it was empty because it was just a broken 
a broken like manifestation of what God really wanted to do, mm-hmm. which was, no, you're meant to minister before me through music. And you will find the fulfillment of your desires and your life in that thing. Cause I broke, I breathed that in you. And what we think is, Oh, this desire that I have for this thing, I shouldn't have it. So I'm just going to kill it off. Mm-hmm. And so I love Jesus. But the thing is, is like, well, maybe if you ask him to show you what it was really meant to be, mm-hmm. you know, you'll start to step into your destiny. And it's like, some of us just go, Oh, a musicians, especially, Oh, I can't be a musician anymore because it's not God's will for my life. It's like, wait, but wait, do you love music? Then maybe you don't know what it is you're really meant to do with it. And he wants to show you. So like my last name is McQuarter. <laughs> and I don't share this a lot because it sounds kind of like, I don't know, like I'm bragging or something, but my last name is McQuarter and it literally means son of the harpist. Mm. And uh, I remember reading in second Kings three where Josiah, or I'm sorry, Josiah, <laughs> uh, Jehoshaphat, <laughs> not you, Jehoshaphat and Ahab are about to go to war. And they say, first, we need a prophet to prophesy. And they find Elisha. They say, Elisha, will you prophesy? And he says, well, yes, but before I do, go and find me a harpist. And it said, while the harpist played, the hand of the Lord fell. And I never read this verse before. My wife had framed my family crest, which I'd never really paid attention to before. And I was reading this verse. I looked up the crest. Said, Look at the verse. Look at the crest. <laughs> I'm kidding it. I'm kidding it. And at the top of the crest is, a, is literally a harp. And it says in Latin, which means God, we praise thee. And then I looked at what my last name means, which means son of the harpist. And so all this stuff's like hitting me. And God's like, you're supposed to do this. This is who you are. And when you find out who you are with me, there's a fulfillment of your destiny in that. And that's really, for me, it's been just understanding. Oh, I'm not trying to advance a career. I'm not trying to be successful as a worship leader. I'm trying to minister before you. And then out of that, you'll take care of everything else. Yeah. So good. Stephen, uh, we've, and, and for the listener, Stephen and I's path have just been crossing a ton this year from not only this podcast, but we were in Kansas City together for a little bit mm-hmm. and in Israel for a good bit, like 10 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've had a lot of fun, but I, I just, I, I acknowledge you for being really true to yourself. Like your shoes fit you, your you're funny and we just have had a lot of fun together i've had a lot of fun and a lot of laughs being around you (laughs) and um i also know that you are very gifted in music and in worship leading and um like i think that it's true to you but also we just want to like celebrate there's a brand new single that you've put out into the world and i'm going to try to edit in a way that um, we can put it right here You can have a so like if I said the name of it right now and it would play, it'd be like Rafa, and then it plays. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) 
Are we back in your death metal heavy band <laughs> voice? <laughs> That's right. Hey, that those that were not seriously. I was younger and I was touring in metal bands, and we toured with an Ozzy Osbourne tribute band. And imagine uh, Chris Farley dressed up as Ozzy, and you're getting a, a little bit of what it was like. <laughs> it's amazing. You don't need to be on anything to go on a trip, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that was just kind of a glimpse of Rafa and that's your newest single that's out. And I'll just insert here, like Rafa really is healer and we'll have you talk about that. But my story of healing is I had tension headaches really bad. Fifth grade through eighth grade, just about every day, debilitating pain. And my parents are really good people. They brought me to a lot of doctors and specialists and neurologists Mm -hmm. and psychologists and counselors. And we've tried everything. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually, it was actually in a chiropractor's office who had told my dad he was a Christian. He's like, I've had a really good success rate with tension headaches. Went to a few appointments, fell asleep Mm -hmm. when they put the electrodes on my neck, woke up, and I'm like, God, I pray that my headaches go away. I surrender the need to be a perfectionist. Woke up, no headaches. And since I've not had headaches. So when we talk or when you sing about, or when we sing about the healing power of God, that's actually one of the names of God. And Mm -hmm. I'd love to just say that I believe with every fiber in my being because I've experienced the healing Mm -hmm. power Mm -hmm. of God. But I'd love for you to talk about your song and maybe why you wrote it but yeah um yeah i you know i've been doing music for so long and uh, i've been doing ministry in music for almost 20 years now over 20 years actually and um i've been in every imaginable scenario as far as like conservative christianity versus charismatic Pentecostal versus more, you know, uh, we don't even believe in healing anymore. Like I've kind of just been in all of it and I've got a grace for it. You know what I mean? Where we learn, just like learning to love people instead of go, well, well that's not okay. <laughs> it's like, I'm just kind of like, okay. Um, wh- one of the things I've definitely learned early on is God's ways are not my ways. I really will never know everything on this side of eternity and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, um, with with the healing part it's crazy my own dad died of cancer i literally buried one of our best friends oh well, not literally i buried her. <laughs> yeah. his eyes got really big on that one. <laughs> oh my gosh it's terrible and funny and she would be laughing at that um but yeah somebody we truly love just a couple years older than me uh died of cancer and mm. we were all praying god heal this person and they still passed away but yet i've seen other people be healed. Right. I mean, I was a meth addict, but I've also seen people heal the cancer and all this other stuff. So I'm like, what is going on with this? Okay, God, um, what what are you trying to teach me? And I don't want to be just black or white, like you either heal or you don't. And I'm just going to throw away this half of the Bible if I don't see you heal this one person or this person or that mm-hmm. person. And one of the things about it is, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things about it is I think just a, a willingness is the bride to have a conversation about it and to say, Hey, you know what? God is who he says he is. Yeah. If I see it now or I see it in eternity, he's a keeper of his word. Mm-hmm. And so help me God to love, not just want healing, but to get to know the one who's the healer. Yep. Now that sounds kind of complicated, but it's more of a, I don't just need you for what you're going to give me. Mm-hmm. I love you for who you are. 
And there's a difference between that. When you get to know God as a healer, you still trust him. Even when you don't see something happen this side of eternity, you keep declaring who he is no matter what. This person did, her husband still is. And that's crazy to me. And I get it, but it's real. He is who he says he is, even if I don't see it now. And I think the big thing about this is, um, I, I think, you know, Jason, I, we don't, I don't write songs that I don't need to sing. <laughs> it's like, I write the things that I'm like, well, I really need to sing this. You know, uh, I really need to be singing this until it goes from my head to my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the real desire with this is that people don't just listen to a song and go, oh, these guys are really cool. But that they listen to it and go, okay, God, I get it. This is who you say you are. And help me to believe it. Like, really get to know you as that's part of who you are instead of, Ooh, I don't like this aspect of you. It makes me uncomfortable. So I'm just going to push it away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like the full width and breadth of God, who he really is, man. Oh, it's crazy. Right. And when we try to box him into the stuff where we go, well, I like this about you. So I'll talk about that. I like this about you, but I don't like this. So nah. it's like, he's a God of wrath. Like there's not a lot of songs about that, but it's who he is. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know. Uh, I'm just very open to like talking about him and, and releasing music that I think really talks about who he is, you know? Right. right. That's so good. I think a huge mm. part of theology is who is God? How is he relating with mm. humanity? And we study God's word and we also bring some bias, but experiences in the mm-hmm. process of like, okay, God, I've seen you move. I've seen you provide for my family. I've seen you guide when I was 18 and I didn't know what to do with my life and you gave me the next right step. So I think of whatever the listener today is seeking Mm. God as we're all hopefully growing to understand God with wider widths, with deeper depths. Mm -hmm. um, I I think you'll begin to find that he is a healer, that he is a restorer, he is a redeemer, he's the guider, he's gonna be speaking and loving and redeeming for you. And so if there's a need in your life, if it's healing, if it's something else, like just because we don't understand it, that's that's we're always growing in our understanding of God. Yeah. And and theology mm-hmm. is that of like our understanding of who is God, how does he relate with humanity? And then our self-discovery is, who am I? Right. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of believers um, that begin to lean on their own understanding. And we don't realize we're doing it until it's like a subtle thing. Like all this education that we get starts to become what we lean on. Hmm. And I feel like God is like, just just from like the perspective of you and I were once two years old. Try explaining to the two-year-old you why they can't do this or can't do that. It's just stupid to them. They don't understand. <laughs> now apply that to us and God. It's the <laughs> I don't need to say anything else. I'm just like, come on, you know, it's like there's gonna be some times where I'm gonna go, okay, God. Your ways are not my ways. They're higher than my ways. They're higher. They're as high as the heavens are from the earth. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Because one of the things you say about yourself is that you're good. Mm -hmm. And that all you do is good. Psalm 119.68. So even if I don't get what's going on here, you're so much further ahead than me. Right. It's okay because it's good. Even if I don't get it, and even if I'm offended, it's okay because you're God. 
but I'm glad he's God and we're not, right? <laughs> I just look forward to the day of like how looking, I don't know if we have the ability but to, to understand the fullness of who he is when we do see him face to face, like how dumb of sheep we truly are to think that we can fathom every aspect of God in every stratosphere when we read only through the lens of the book, the Bible. But if you remove the experience and remove the salvation experience and remove the Holy Spirit, like just those different elements of who he says he is, like they all have to exist in order for us to understand. I don't know. My mind just starts blowing if I get down to the yeah, yeah. road. So no, I get it. it. I've met people that are like, <laughs> I'm I've met people that are like, I'm a cessationist, which is basically somebody that just says that the gifts of the Holy Spirit ceased, you know, and I get it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very middle, you know, cause I don't know, but uh, it's funny how this is something that someone will really believe until someone very close to them has cancer. Right. And then they're calling the people that they know believe in healing and they're asking them to pray. And so all these ideas that we have sound good in theory until the rubber hits the road. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. it's like I saw a thing recently, actually, where this guy Creflo Dollar was like this really famous. Did you see that? You know what I'm talking about? I did not see it, but he, I know his name. No, he's, he's like a really big health and wealth guy. And he just released this thing where he got up teaching and went, everything I've ever said about this, throw it away because I was wrong. I was a thousand percent wrong. And I was like, wow, this is a guy's built his whole ministry on this. It just went, okay, I forget it. Everything I've ever said about this, I was totally wrong. <laughs> oh so it's God. like. Right. And I think we're people who can change our mind. And hopefully as we change mm. our mind, God is the one guiding our theology and our, we're growing in. Oh, he's not changing. Okay. He's never changing. Right, we're just going. Oh crud! I'm sorry. I was. I thought I was right about that. (laughs) Right, exactly. But I love it to see. I can kind of get behind that idea to say, you know what? I've taught some things that I don't agree with. Think back. Think back to your very first sermon or the first person you led to the Lord, and how just ask Jesus into your heart. Well, yes, but let's like think about. Probably how what we said or how we came across, but I'm like, you exactly. know what? We did our part with what we had or knew, and the Holy Spirit and God had to do the rest because He had to fill in all the gaps of my flaws or my inability to, it's to true. do whatever. So it's true. Oh my gosh. And there's so many people that, like, you know, you find out a very famous preacher or a church or something has a scandal, and suddenly a bunch of people decide, oh, I don't believe anymore because this person was a fake. I said, well, I just want people to know Jesus because then if somebody and everything falls apart around you, you're okay because the one you believe in hasn't changed at all. Yes, we're going to lead people to the heart of Christ. And if I understand correctly, Stephen, was it your first time in Israel with Josiah? Yes. Okay. Do you want to talk about that? Like, what was that experience like? Not for my sake, but just for the listeners. Like, when you guys went to Israel together for those 10 days, like, what was that experience like of being where Jesus had literally or physically walked at least elements of that like what did he expose to you through the land the heart like your own eyesight of like take us there with you yeah um first off uh what i will say is that i've never felt so close to a group of strangers coming home as i did after that trip and i'm not just saying i've been doing this a long time it was weird it's like next level like holy crow i really cannot wait to be around these people again uh like even going to kansas city see josiah was like oh my gosh it's gonna be great my wife i was like you're gonna love this guy <laughs> <laughs> but uh 
Yeah, I think uh, there was a lot of things. Um, I mean, a whole lot of things. Uh, but I think one of the biggies for me was when I was at um, the Temple Mount and uh, we were we were really close to the Wailing Wall, which is the closest wall to the the actual Holy of Holies, where the Holy of Holies would have been. And I just had this moment where the Holy Spirit was like, you know, like, isn't this awesome? Like, you're this close to this. This place where for thousands of years, it, a priest would go in and it was like he could die if he didn't have everything perfect. And Seriously. this is where the people, it was crazy, right? And God's like, this is, let me blow your mind. You're now that place. <laughs> you're now the Holy of Holies. You're now the dwelling place for my presence. And there was something about being there in that spot where it just hit me like it's never hit me before. And uh, it was a big deal. That was, to me, was one of the special moments. And of course there was a lot of stuff, but that yeah, one still stuck intense. out to me. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I think of so many fun memories on the bus as we're going from place to place and just laughing and getting to know each other and having deep conversations too. But for me, it was the idea of the consistency of the land throughout. Because mm. the Bible's full of places and times and people. Mm -hmm. And I just look at like, wow, what a constant the land is. And mm. the land that was then has, you know, it's changed some, I get it. But like, they're, they're digging up the archaeological findings really match with scripture. And it, to oh, me, yeah. that strengthens my faith. And they're really is something interesting about it when you're there how small it is oh <laughs> like it's gosh. as big as new jersey i think you can drive from the long side of it to the long side of it like six hours i was like so when i imagine stories in the bible i'm like oh they were gone for you know weeks and years to get the place it was like no they could have got there in a couple of days i guess you know it's like not <laughs> it was kind of crazy um like to be able to see bethlehem and moab like from this one spot and go okay that's a few football fields like wow. and oh okay wow that's crazy um that and there really is a piece that you experience being there that's not like i'm not just saying that like it, it was legitimate it was like wow this is a really for a place that you would think isn't peaceful <laughs> it sure felt very peaceful mm -hmm. wow you know and i hope for micah that we get to go back or that you get to go. It's one of the really special places on planet earth. And I hope for the listener that if that's a desire of yours to grow in your faith or to walk where Jesus walked and to see some of the sights, um, it's a, it's a faith strengthening mm -hmm. experience. Sure. And I do mm -hmm. want to come back just to, cause we've talked about it, uh, personally a couple of times, Steven, like something you said a question or two ago about like sometimes, uh, a church will have a scandal or a leader mm. of that who's prominent, a prominent leader will fall. And it's like, that can be earth shattering to people or really surprising. And of course, yeah. but it, it can also be um, something where people walk away from the church or their faith. And I think something yeah. that you shared with me in one of our conversations was really helpful to, to just emphasize it one other way is like, our trust and our hope is in Jesus. And at the same time, sometimes we mistakenly or by accident or even unknowingly. subconsciously, <laughs> exactly, unknowingly put a, a high degree of hope or faith or trust mm. yeah. in a pastor. And, and we've had it where a young adult went off to college and he came back and he was like, you know what? 
he had been a part of our ministry, he, he goes, I realized that I had been trusting in a church and that I had been trusting in a pastor instead of in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was eye-opening for him to have that experience. But I would mm-hmm. just say that if, if maybe you or somebody that you know has really been rocked, hurt by the church, um, that happens. And I'm sorry for that. Mm-hmm. But I would just say our faith and our trust really belongs in Jesus. And when, when that's in the right order, then somebody can fall. And it's not the end of my faith. Right. You know, it's good. Well, good. yeah, believe me, I know. Um, yeah, I, of course, I met the Lord at three o'clock in the morning in a room. And so I'm always like, okay, I just want to get back to that. And I saw scandal growing up and I saw all this stuff just in my own father. And even though the Lord, by the way, I forget to tell this, the Lord ended up healing that relationship. My dad got healthy. He ended up baptizing me and my wife and performing our wedding ceremony. Awesome. So God is a God that restores all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But that was still broken and there was still some stuff there that was tough, you know? And, but because I grew up around it, it made it a lot, it's always made it a lot easier for me to go, okay, you, me, Jesus, and anybody else that comes along. Awesome. I'm going to love them. I'm going to, you know, but it's okay. You know, uh, some of us, we don't, we really put a lot in, we, we think not what would Jesus do, but we think what would my pastor do or what would this theological person that I look up to say? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people will let you down. Yeah. But Jesus won't. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think there's you know? maturity in, in the acknowledgement of that because I think um, Micah is totally not a fangirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen her a fangirl. I can mind. see that. Um, but I, You, <laughs> though, on the other hand, you are a fangirl. <laughs> well, well, it's funny you say that because I, I had an experience where I got to meet one of the people who I had read all of his books and I had listened to all of his podcasts and meeting him was actually a great experience and I now respect him more. But at the same time, like I was so excited about meeting this person and then my kid just goes, she goes, people are people to me. Like mm-hmm. nobody's on a pedestal in my life. And so I feel like for me, I've gone through a, a process of, some sort of maturity where like you know what like i guess i people are people and so like i've tried to take them off of the throne or off of the pedestal in any area of my life and i'm still you can still respect people and look up to them like what they're doing and how they're like furthering god's kingdom and you can tell them but the moment you step down like oh my gosh oh like shaking you're so excited you can be excited to meet them but i'm like Oh dear! Okay, we, got, we had to get True. kicked out of the place because they're like, "You guys, everybody's leaving. You guys have to leave." He's like, oh, "I just met them." I and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> it was so funny. I was Listen, like, "Okay, breathe." I remember the paper bag. We, we were on the Jesus Freak cruise. My wife and I. We had to. We were one of the worship people for this cruise, and it was Toby Mac and all these people and. Um, honestly, I was doing meth back then, so I didn't really know the music. But I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to do this thing. But man, these people are really crazy fans. These people get into it. They walked the boat, the three of these guys like from DC Talk, they walked the boat, and this one woman literally fainted when she met oh and saw Lord. them. And I thought, <laughs> I mean, 
Oh my god, I don't know. It's so silly to me. But I've also met a lot of people that you know that were that I guess you would consider famous in Christian music. Um, no, you definitely would consider them famous in Christian music. Some I've met, and I've went, wow, they really are genuinely um, humble people. And then I've met others where I went, that makes me want to puke in my mouth. This person is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, oh and so it's kind of like, I'm like, but I can love them. And I can, yes. You know, yes. I mean, it's okay. You can love them. I think the funniest thing, uh, can I tattle on you? I was not there, but I love a certain oh. Oh, yeah. worship band or whatever. And he was behind the scenes with one of them. And he didn't even know who he was with. And he comes home and tells me this story. And I'm just like, dear Lord. I'm like, do you not even know who is there? Like, these are some of the most anointed people who are after the heart of Christ, who have influenced the music in the Christian world. And he's just like, I was just back there. That's awesome. I know it was good for him. I'm like, well, that was good for you. And I wouldn't have fangirled or went crazy, but I'm just like, wow. Like, I just, I don't know. It was this funny story because he was like, Micah, you would have died. You would have been like, Josiah, what are you doing? It's it's all part of the the process, and, and I think it's the way that God keeps us humble, right? He, he does. I think He keeps us humble in that. I thought you were gonna tell a time of another time I met a famous person, and I think it was literally God teaching me something because I had a conversation, walked away, felt pretty good about it, and then my zipper was down the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what I thought you. Were I gonna thought you say. were gonna say when he has you. He loves his phone. He's oh, on social media. One. We're literally in the airport, and I go, hey, I think that's so-and-so. And they walked around the corner, and he's like, oh, my gosh, it is, it is. And I'm like, hi, he goes, you recognize them? I'm like, yeah, I recognize them. And he's like, well, we should go say hi. Go say hi. Go say hi. And I'm just like, oh, dear. I'm like, Josiah, if I you had at- your head down, you would have known when they passed by. Just give them their space. <laughs> I was at an amusement park once with my kids, and I had three or four people come up and ask to have their photos taken with me. And my kids are like, why are people doing that with you? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I really don't. So you can have that. But then at the same time, I remember this, uh, I'm bald. And so I remember this little kid once. They were like, oh, this kid is your biggest fan. He just loves you. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. And he goes, yeah, I love the shape of eggs. That's why I like it. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I've got a lot of those. And it all just is like. Yeah, you know. That is hilarious. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, so Sorry, did I take this off track? No, Next-gen thoughts. Of, Go ahead, This is babe. all part of the process. And Stephen, like, the reason that this podcast exists is because we just believe that the faith of the next generation is worth everything, right? Yeah. And so, like, mm-hmm. we're really passionate about young adults, 18 to 30-year-olds who um, are sometimes over researched but underreached, and so we want to do something about that but why do you believe that young adult ministry is important well one uh i have an 18 year old now so uh good lord um yeah very interesting and and that's a big thing i even have thought i wish josiah and his wife lived near us (laughs) (laughs) not you know i've been really blessed we've been you know a lot of it starts it all starts in the home yeah. And with them personally, yeah. uh, you know, there's no one ministry that's going to do all this. It's, it, you know, um, the Lord can do it, but uh, it really does matter. Like, do they see you living out of the overflow as a parent? Like what I mean by that is like, do they see you worshiping the Lord when nobody's watching? Do they see you doing this not to prepare for what you're going to do in front of people? 
but because you just love the Lord. Because then when you get on a stage, it's now the overflow of who you are when nobody's watching. And uh, then your kids get it. And so, you know, I won't say we're perfect parents, but I think the authenticity of that has done really well for our kids, you know, and now they, they really love the Lord and they're stepping into this now he's a man and uh you know it's just crazy but it's a big deal because every generation um is potentially the the generation where jesus returns Mm. yeah and and i want we there's no one on this planet that isn't gonna go oh he is really lord there's nobody. I mean, every knee will fall mm-hmm. and every knee will bow. And it says that it's a narrow gate. It says it's a narrow gate. And the problem with that for me is that I want it to be wide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the way to him. I want a bunch of people going. But the truth is a lot of people in this world are going to say, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. And that's really tough, but I want to fight for that. The people that are going to go through the narrow gate, those, and I'm telling you, man, nobody is going to minister more to this generation than this generation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like the Lord's going to use them to draw so many to Christ. And we live in this world now where like somebody was like, Oh, like I spent a lot of time on TikTok um, doing ministry stuff. And um, that is the marketplace. Like that is where like the marketplace in the sense of where the people of the town gather. It's the town center. Uh, that is the generational town center right now. Wow. And, and for, there are so many that I see on there just reading the Bible and just sharing Jesus. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And I get a lot of people saying, oh, man, TikTok's just this and it's that. And social media is just this and just that. And in the 90s, the internet is evil. And it's like, you know, it's like, right. no, there's a generation that gets it. And they're out there and they're telling people about Jesus. So and um, But it takes people like you guys and other people praying for them, interceding for them, um, ministering to them, encouraging them, teaching you know, yeah. um, that, that, that fuels them to go and be those people in that marketplace, in that town, in the center of town at TikTok, whatever saying, I love Jesus and I don't care what anybody thinks. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, well, what an opportunity we have. I'm just reminded of a story by, we met this guy, he's in his seventies. He's still working. He's still working at a church. He's wow. developing material. He has a heart <laughs> for the next generation. He's like in it with young adults. And he's like, I'm going to start a TikTok. He literally started a TikTok, I think it was within the first couple of weeks, he had over 40,000 followers. And the only thing he does, gets up, does a prayer and reads scripture. And people mm-hmm. re- reach out to him every single day saying, you have no idea what that meant when you prayed. And this mom and daughter would go and watch him every single day. So when he, if he ever misses a day or says, hey, I'm going to take a month off. Wow. It's summer. I got some family stuff where I'm going on a little vacation, yada, yada. They're like, well we want you to, you know, like there's accountability that's already built into his form of TikTok to reach the next generation, even through the simplicity of prayer and scripture, which Mm -hmm. is something that we as believers, I think can take for granted each and every single day and just offer that hope um, to the hopeless and hope to the people who are hurting and the everyday person who may feel like they're living on cloud nine and they might be, and they might be in a healthy state, but they all need hope and encouragement. And Stephen, I'd be curious uh, to say, 
Do you want to say something? Well, I was just going to say this. I think for this this young generation, uh, people coming into 18, just turning 18, mm-hmm. early 20s, coming out of two years of pandemic, um, there is a wide array of depression going on. Like, um, that is, they, that's not being talked about, that they're not talking about. And uh, I, the, the hope, the gospel in these worlds of TikTok and stuff mm-hmm. is critical right, right. now. Right. Um, really, it is. It's critical. Right. Wow. Well, here's a question, kind of a spinoff of that. In when it comes to like dreaming about the next generation, and maybe you're thinking about your children when you answer this question, what is one of your hopes or aspirations? Job. Generation. Get a job. <laughs> job. Okay. Then do you do you define <laughs> NFT art as a job? Ooh. I do, and I'm tar- well. I, I, you know, it's that whole people thought who's going to buy stuff on the internet in the '90s and now there's Amazon, right? It's like, we don't know. And so I, I'd like, I even have my kids. I was like, you have to do 60 hours of research on NFTs and how it works and everything and go for it. And so, yeah, I mean, you never know. So I, but I, I think at the end of the day, it is the, um, my, my desire is for people to be all, like I said earlier, people that live out of the overflow. Like it's not about making a TikTok. Like we live in this world where, I mean, I, I'm not, by the way, I'm not like just trying to sell TikTok. I don't get anything. I'm not like commissioned by TikTok, but uh, it is what it is. It's it's where this generation is and it's where this generation is going to be for the next five years, at least uh, in a big way. And, um, you know, I think you have a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm reading the Bible and this is going to be great. Can't wait to share this on TikTok. And uh, or I can't wait to make a reel or I can't wait to do whatever and share this and I'll do it like this. I want the next generation to be a people that are just doing this with the Lord because they get to be with him. Mm -hmm. And then what they do next is just the overflow of that. It all is the same. Like, you know, how hard it is for a pastor to read the Bible without thinking about what a great sermon would be, how hard it is for a songwriter to read scripture without going, ooh, that'd be a cool song. It's like, (laughs) instead of just, oh, I love you, Jesus. This is so great. I just get to be with you. I get to sing to you. I get to talk to you. So, yeah. Good. Well, are you ready for a challenge, Stephen? Go. Five. Do I need five. to take my shirt off? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. No, we've never done anything like okay, that, nor that. do we intend on it. <laughs> Unless you want to show us one of your craziest. No, it's kidding. He has tattoos. Up and no, I don't have that many. So. All right. So here's the question. We have five. Or here's the game. We have five and five. Five questions. Five minutes. We got five minutes on the clock. Question five number minutes. one. Do you want to kick us off, Josiah? For sure. Okay, for what's, sure. What's your latest hobby? Like, what are you into mm. for fun on days off? I'm not cool. I like uh, Elder Scroll Online on Xbox. I'm like a total nerd. I have the headset on and everything. And I'm like, kids that are 13, come on, Derek. We got to get these orcs. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, my gosh. I'm dying. I've shared this uh, once before, but during the pandemic, it was like we're locked down and stuff. And you went quick, so I'll go quick, but I'm using your time. Micah, we had been married like three, four years at the time. She held out on me. She had video games. Well, I had more than one. I had GameCube. N64. She had like three systems. Full stuff. And so it was the old retro stuff that was a lot of fun. And he still hasn't won a game, but we'll carry on. Number two, what's your favorite sports team? Sports team? I'm sports handicapped. I'm... Put the thing in the other thing. Go sports ball. That's what I know. 
so that's like the worst question you could ask me. So that's okay. my answer. Video games okay. it is. Number three. <laughs> three is Go. curveball to use a sports term, but this is where you get to ask us anything. Ask us one question. It keeps us on our toes. Ooh. So what have you been wanting to ask us? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't ready for that. Um, okay. What led you guys into what you're doing now, which is more of a focus on just the uh, young adults ministry where you're doing your own thing. What's kind of called you that? Yes. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. I'll set the stage. We were um, doing Chi Alpha for four years on a college campus. We signed for a four year term with them kind of being a part of a beta test at a two-year school to see how effective is this is this something that we could take not only to the four-year universities and the private schools but can we get into the two-year schools the answer is yes but due to pandemic it really set us up for um, three normal semesters out of eight semesters so we really said you know what lord Coming out of this pandemic, we want to show something for your kingdom, and we want to lean into what you're calling us to do. That's a fun passion, which started with podcasting, essentially, on some levels, right? Yep. yep. You can take it from my phone. And I mean, from there, we listened to the listeners, and you all uh, asked for a leadership conference. And so now there's been three of those, mm -hmm. and every year it happens. And um, this has been a small part of our time, like less than 10% of our work focus, and Stephen, we just had this dream on our heart, like on this mantle behind us, our friends gave us this thing about dreams. And we were just mm. like, man, we get one shot at life and mm -hmm. we want it to be the greatest kingdom investment that we can. And we just listened to the listeners again and the people who came to the conference are like, what about I love it. weekends for young adults, young adults to gather? And so, mm -hmm. man, it's just been- What's well, great about that, What's great about that is a lot of people that are believers just begin to go, I'm saved now. Thank you, Jesus. I have this Holy Spirit inside of me and I've got Jesus. I've got this word. Now I'm just going to climb the Christian corporate ladder or just do all these things the best that I can. And we forget to go, hey, okay, Jesus, what am I not thinking of that you want to do that might seem crazy, but it's you, you know, it's like every story in the Bible of like mm -hmm. somebody doing something God's called them to, they would have not written it down on paper. Right. And went, yeah, I'll do this, you know? And no, it was like, oh, this is scary, but God, you want me to do it? Okay, I'll do it. And yeah. uh, every, the best, every really, truly great kingdom thing in my life was that. None of it was, oh, let's create a pros and cons list. This makes sense. Okay, let's do it. You know, none of it was like that. It was all the furthest out on the limb is the best fruit and it was like <laughs> so the sky's the know. limit and we see that like we really had to count the cost when it came to like what is our biggest kingdom contribution number one and what legacy do we want to leave and live on this earth and not miss it because we don't know if we're guaranteed tomorrow let alone 20 30 40 years and yeah. who knows what can happen in the meantime so that's good but, but it's a fun question. I was at church literally yesterday and there's somebody who attends with us and he came up to me because he's been following what we're doing. He's like, how in the world did you end up doing what you're doing? And what I realized, it was a fun question, but I was like, there's nobody else doing what we're doing. Yeah. So it, like, of course he would ask that. Yeah, it hasn't um, been done before. Let's defy some odds, Lord. Let's see what you got. But back to you. Question number four. That's yes. mine now, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. 
Okay, let's say you're going on the road to travel to wherever you want to go. What is one of your go-to? What is one of your go-to snacks, and where are you going? In a perfect world, I'm going to Israel with Josiah, and I'm gonna bring. Uh, oh my gosh, I don't know what my favorite snack is. Um, favorite snack. Um, Can I bring a box of cereal? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Cocoa Pebbles, let's go. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You say fruity pebbles? You said cocoa pebbles. Cocoa what do I look pebbles. like? Kind of what? <laughs> cocoa, fruity. I don't know. You're like a little fruity right I now. Have a friend of mine, I have a friend of mine that's 36 years old and never had sugar cereal, breakfast cereal. His entire life, all he'd ever had was Cheerios. He came over to my house one day. I had a live stream, like a video set up to go live. And I laid out these little cups of like 20 different like cereals that he's never had. I had little labels in front of them. And I had spoons and I went, you're going to try every one of these. And you're going to pick your favorite. So it was like an hour of him trying cereal. And people going, I love this. And I love this. That's was, hilarious. Number one, has he never seen Seinfeld? Because Jerry has everything on his shelves. Number two, <laughs> come to one of our young adult events because we have a cereal slosh. Where there you means go. Everything is out there and just bring your gallon of milk. So... He would have a he had everything. What do you think his favorite cereal was? Oh gosh, never had it before. Brand None flakes. Of it. <laughs> Brand flakes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is good. I need to get Lucky regular. Charms. No. Top of the morning to you. No, Lucky Charms is not. That's not good cereal. That's I like. Thought I thought he was gonna be like this, like old man decision. No, Oatmeal. never had it before. It was like this is so wonderful. Yes. Pebble? What are they called? Fruit Loops? Fruity Pebbles? I'm trying to think no. of all the cereals. Cocoa Puffs. It was Cookie Crisp. And of course, they're Ooh. just tiny cookies. It's I, total give up food. It's like that was I my sister's favorite. Oh my gosh. All right. Um, question number five. Okay. As we wrap this up, like, Stephen, if we handed you a microphone and you were speaking to young adults or young leaders, what would be one thing that you would encourage them with? Mm. Yeah, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but live out of the overflow. Live out of a place where you just love Jesus when nobody's watching. It doesn't. It's just you and Him. Um, you literally you're, you're reading the Bible because you want to hear what He has to say to you. You're singing to Him because you get to sing to Him, not because of what you're going to do on a Sunday morning. Um, you're getting to talk with Him and spend time with Him, not because you need content for social media. Because you get to be with him. And then everything you do from that is going to be the overflow of who you are when nobody's watching. Like David was prepared to be king in the wilderness in a field. When nobody was watching, he slayed the lion and the bear. And he wrote all these songs that maybe nobody would have ever heard. And he did all this with the Lord. And then this, this part of that, I think, qualified him to be a leader. You know? And it's the same thing for us. We just we have to learn to be a people that... Love the Lord when nobody's watching. That's good. I love it. And man, Stephen, we have had a good time and we love you a lot, man. Thank you. For man, I love you guys. This was great. <laughs> Appreciate it. And guys, if you want to find out more about Stephen McWhorter, mm -hmm. his music, his latest single, Rafa, you can check it out. We'll link it in the show notes and on the website at Young Adults Today. But until next time, we'll see you later.
thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.